Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Ruth, welcome to Confessions of a Crabby Christian, or should I say welcome back? Yes, that's so good to be back. I love getting to have repeat conversations. We were chatting before we started recording. The last time we did this, we couldn't see each other. So this is so much better. So much better. Yes. So much better. So you are here because you, when we're recording, your new book comes out in a week. It's so exciting. I, it's, you know, it's always a labor of love. You work on it for so long and it's in your head for so long. And then you finally have an opportunity to tell so many people about it. And I'm like, what is the most important thing to say? And so anyway, I'm so glad you had me on Blake, because it's, it's lovely to work out this topic together. Yes. The title is Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas. And always, I didn't know what Advent was until like three years ago. Me too. Okay, I, good. <laughs> I did not grow up with a Christian liturgical calendar. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of understood in general, but I didn't realize that there were actual seasons that yeah. specifically marked the Christian calendar. Yeah. Well, and learning what Advent meant, like Mm -hmm. the, the, Mm -hmm. the anticipation of something coming, like once you learn it, you're like, Oh yeah. Like, is that not what we're doing year round? A hundred percent and maybe more focused during the Christmas season. Once I found out about it, I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, there, Blake, you just kind of summarized the whole intent behind my book. So we're done, right? Like, I mean, literally, that's like, literally, (laughs) that's literally the heart of is that I keep wondering, like, why we talk about anticipation of the in the Advent season, but then we're so disappointed right after Christmas when it's like all over, but isn't Emmanuel, which means God with us, isn't that a year round concept? Isn't that not just a concept, but it's a person. It's the person of Christ indwelling in us through the Holy Spirit that we might be with him always. And I don't know why it's so hard for me personally to grasp that I'm not trying to celebrate a particular holiday season. I'm celebrating God with us, God with me. And so yeah. I um, I love that you just said that about anticipation. And- yeah. Well, and I think it's also something that like can connect us with history and connect mm-hmm. us with especially like a lot of the characters that we get to meet in scripture that mm-hmm. they were awaiting a savior. Yes. And like, we're awaiting his return that, that, that anticipation, that like yes. very focused waiting, like how cool that like, that's how David felt. That's how like Moses felt. And we feel the same way, just except we get to live in the finished work. Well, and if you're going to go there, I'm going to also point out that in first Peter, we read in the first chapter, first, second chapter, that we know now what angels were just like craning their necks, longing to see. So there was anticipation. Everybody was waiting for the Messiah to come. And when we read that and it's framed up in that way, we suddenly realize we have access to something 
that generations waited on. Exactly. They, they couldn't see it in full. So they knew in part, they knew the prophecies, they knew what was supposed to come. They knew that they would be saved. And you and I now on the other side of the cross, we can say, oh my goodness, we see the whole unfolding of the redemption story. So now a baby born in a manger isn't just like, Ooh, that's cool. But rather like, oh, I know how the story ends and right, how exactly. it will keep on going. It's waiting, but it's less anticipatory. Well, it's that the treasure and the provision of Christ is already ours. We're not longing for something and hoping yes. that maybe it'll happen. We know that we already know it's happened and we already know that it's provided for. And all we have to do now is surrender and receive, Amen. which maybe for you and me, that's the mystery of the Advent season that we're not too good at. We're not oh. willing to surrender and receive. We're so busy trying to recreate or try to create or fabricate something that we want to feel, that we want to experience, that we think is the magic formula to make sure that Christmas goes our way. Yeah. But what we really need is to receive what's already been provided through Jesus. Well, and the reality of all of that striving and working that you're talking about is I think, especially as mothers, Mm -hmm. but I think people in general, we end up just burning ourselves out on Christmas. And we wonder why like the Christmas letdown is just the worst. (laughs) And I don't know about you, but lately, well, not lately, just in the last couple of years. So first of all, just a little background. If any of your listeners are like, who, who's this Ruth? You know, I'm an author and artist. Yes. But I also run gracelace.com, which is a retailer. It's a, it's a dot-com direct to consumer company. So Christmas season is busy for us. We are like shipping orders. We're constantly, we're, we're marketing all our Christmas products. It's, it's a busy season. So I don't know about you, but the last couple of years, I have found that when I walk into Target and it's like early October or late September and everything is out, I, my heart is not like, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm actually like, oh no. Here it comes. Here it comes. Exactly. It's that feeling of like, and I actually feel a little stressed out. And so I think maybe I'm just saying this, I mean, considering the name of this podcast, it's a little bit of a confessional. I was just saying like, I'm confessing that sometimes I'm like such a Debbie Downer. Like, I don't know if I even want to engage because I'm like, the letdown's going to happen. It's going to be hard. I'm going to feel like I failed and I don't know how to make this And I like, I'm going to look back and think I didn't do enough or I did too much. Like we just put so much pressure on ourselves, especially as a retailer or if you're, there are so many fields that Christmas impacts, like what your world looks like. Yeah. And it's hard to slow down when a lot of what God's called you to do, I can think of um, musicians and people who hold concerts. And I can think of retailers. And I think of so many people who with jobs that ramp up during mm-hmm. the holiday season. And it's kind of hard to imagine how we can be still and rest more and take the time that we need before the end of the year yeah. to really focus on things intentionally. It's just really difficult and you have to make a choice to do so. It is. And I know you talk about this, but what we are not saying is like, don't do anything. Absolutely. Like we're yeah. not saying like, shut it all down. <laughs> don't celebrate Christmas. Don't do fun right. stuff with your kids. No, no. Like that's not the answer either. I think it's like, yeah. it's where your heart is focused. And yeah. are you actually experiencing like the beauty of Advent and of Emmanuel right. and that you don't have anything to prove and that 
Do you really trust him? Yeah. I think it all like pulls back into being about so much more than just like, it is. Did you do the cute thing? And, and I, I start the book off even talking about posture and that the posture of our hearts going into the Advent season is the way we will actually receive the Christmas story mm-hmm. the rest of our lives. So meaning like, rather than go, oh, how am I going to do Christmas this year? What are we going to do this year? It, we seem to confine it to this little time where we have to make magic happen, where we yeah. have to like live our best lives and like make sure that all this that we're trying to experience and joy and peace and love and all these things have to happen right here. And such a strange thought that we've like made that happen for ourselves, made that concept when God descended as Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, so that he would actually dwell with us, that it wasn't like a, Hey, I'm popping in that even (laughs) as he lived his three years on earth and he died the death that was meant for us. And he resurrected that. He said, I'm leaving like the Holy spirit now will never leave you or forsake you. He will go with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And I just think about the person of the Trinity truly being with us and that Somehow we have made it something that's ushered in, like his presence is somehow ushered in when we set up the ambiance, when we host the right party, when we do the right Advent book, or even, you know, if you, even if your heart in doing my devotional is one where you're like, if I do this, I'll have the right Christmas. He wants your heart. He doesn't mm-hmm. want your, your doing. And so at the end of the day, I think that's why it's really important for us. Even now, as we talk about this right now, like just that, like, to actually choose to posture our hearts in a way where we say, okay, what am I actually thinking is going to make my dreams come true this Christmas? Am I putting too much hope in the snow globe or the, you know, because I'm all for it, like decorate the house, bake the cookies, have the parties. But I think we're experiencing the letdown because we're putting our hope in those things rather than putting our hope in Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality is, is it really should be like any other time of year, just with different decorations. I think so. And I think it's also poignant that it's really all year round. It's it's the exactly. same conversation we're having at St. Patrick's Day or on Valentine's Day or at Easter, yeah. which we do. But the thing about Christmas time, it's so strange that we, I don't know why I'm just like still marveling at the fact that we love to talk about baby Jesus, but we forget to really talk about why he's the Messiah. Like, why is he actually Emmanuel God with us? God with us. Isn't just that, Oh, he came so that he could be a precious baby born in a manger. It's that he came so that we would never, ever be responsible to, for on our own to bridge the distance between us and God, that yeah. we would no longer have to be our own source, our own hero of our own story, trying to fix our own lives, that he is now the very one who transforms us on the inside out. And so ultimately, I just think about how the way we approach the Christmas story is ultimately how we will live out our our Christmas experience, right? Yeah. Because it will be an overflow of what we believe. Right. Right. So if you believe right. that your happiness comes from stuff, it's going to show, right? Yeah, if you, exactly. If you, believe, if you believe that your happiness comes from your kids all getting along and not being gluttonous about their Christmas gifts, then you'll sure be disappointed when <laughs> that doesn't happen. Right. hundred percent. So I think that's where we have to start with our own hearts and kind of go, okay, what's really at the core of what I yeah. think about Christmas and how I can ultimately let my celebrations be an overflow of where my heart's at. So 
a, a question when you look at kind of the Christian holidays, right? Let's say like Christmas and Easter. Do you think that it's appropriate that there is a sense of awe, like in those specific seasons? Like as I've grown to love Advent, I find I'm like, holy cow, like the fullness of God dwelt yeah. in a baby in a yeah. mate. Like that part of it is very kind yeah. of puts me on my face in that season. Yes. It does year round, yes. but I think it is a little more like focused that's taking it out of like the cultural, like hallmark thing that we've made sure. it. Sure. And I don't think there's anything wrong with us saying we're going to use this time to focus and center our hearts on what we should know to be true all year round. Mm-hmm. What I don't want us to do is to say, how can I make the most of this Advent season so that the Advent season is the biggest thing we celebrate, right? No, no it's the Advent season that turns our hearts back to the Lord in a way that maybe should have been there all along. And I, it's not the same. It's not a sacrament, but let me liken it to the fact that when you're in Christ and you get to take the Lord's supper, it's the magic is not in the actual taking of the Lord's supper. It's not the kind of bread you're eating. It's not the kind of wine or juice. It's not what it's served in during COVID. Lots of churches had like a lunch. <laughs> Like the Lunchables, yes. like, the, like the Lord's Supper Lunchables. Like style. the top off. Yes. I mean, and so that's not the actual thing of celebration. Yeah. It's what happens when you steady your mind and heart on what does God's word say about why we're doing this? Mm-hmm. We're doing this to remember. We're doing this to remember the words of Christ, to remember what the broken body of Jesus has accomplished on our behalf. And so when you reflect on that, you're holding the bread and the wine in your hands and you're reflecting, you're prayerfully considering. And so when you partake of that sacrament, you're actually saying the magic isn't the thing I'm doing. It's that I get to pause and remember because you asked me to pause and remember. So in the same way, the magic isn't how perfectly you light your candles or whether you light them perfectly every day during Advent season and, or whether or not you make it through the whole Advent devotional, or you're still finishing it up in January. That's not the actual point. It doesn't even matter if you're having a really tough year and you're listening right now and you're saying, I don't even know if I'm going to decorate this year. Well, sister friend, like that's okay. There's freedom in that. If you leave all the stuff in the bins, because this is a year where you need to go take care of your parent at the hospital, there's free. You didn't have a bad Christmas. Exactly. And so then it shifts our mindset to say, okay, if the goal is that Advent, the Advent season is for us to pause and remember what is worthy of worship about Christ and why he came as Emmanuel, God with us, then that's what makes Advent meaningful. Mm-hmm. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And we kind of have alluded to this, but I want to talk about it a little bit more. It's really difficult to pause and reflect and experience the fullness of Advent when you are going a bajillion miles an hour. Absolutely. Look, my husband has four (laughs) sets of parents. 
He has four sets of parents. We, our life could literally be that movie for Christmases if we let it be. And yes, you want to be with your people and you want to celebrate, but like, I want to talk a little bit about saying no Mm -hmm. in December, because Mm -hmm. I think that's like a way we can honor God with that season. Yes. Well, here's the thing is that if you get, and this is why I think posture of our hearts matters. I think that's why I subtitled the book an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always, because how you go into the season will determine lots of things. So even when we're talking about when to say no, it's not going to help anyone. If Blake and Ruth get on a podcast and say, say no, when it's this, this, and this, this, because we can't ever do that. We can't ever, every situation is different, but we can say, Hey, you know what? If the posture of your heart is that you will not fill up every day of your schedule because you actually want to be intentional about having conversations with the children that are actually in your house and not going to every party there is, or if it's that you can get straight from the start, Hey, this is actually about remembering that Emmanuel God with us doesn't Mm -hmm. leave. Mm -hmm. Then I can tell my family members, those who we may not be able to fit in this year in this way. Hey, you know what? It won't be Christmas day, but we want to get together with you guys at this other time of year. And it may not be that we eat the same foods that we always eat at Christmas, but we believe that if we're genuinely celebrating the fact that the gift of family Mm -hmm. and the gift of Christ, then it's not actually, the magic is not actually in whether or not we get to open presents in each other's presence. Right. So I think that takes the pressure off a little, and then it helps you discern when to say no. Well, it moves you you away from scarcity. Like if you're looking at it as I have four weeks to pack it in, right. (laughs) That's awful. And then, and then if you, you know, you said your husband has four parents who I'm assuming all want to see you guys all want to do stuff, but then we might have a listener right now. Who's like, I happen to have family members who are all mad at each other and nobody wants to see each other and nobody wants to get together. And this listener could feel the scarcity in the other direction. Like, exactly. oh, Christmas is the only time where maybe we can make it happen. Or if it doesn't happen at Christmas, we'll never reconcile. And so I think we just put so much pressure yeah. on making the Advent season or Christmas season be the magic fix it all for everything that's going on in our lives. Yeah. When really Jesus is the only healer, the only one, Emmanuel God with us is so that we truly can have year round, the hope of redemption, the hope of transformation. It doesn't all have to happen in those four weeks. Amen. Yeah. And it, your gatherings don't all have to happen in that four weeks and the magic doesn't have to happen. Like I love my husband and I have tons of conversations about like preserving our children's magic, Mm. maybe not the best terminology, but like (laughs) their pureness and they're like, Mm. they're, they're seven and five and like, there's so much of the world that I don't want them exposed to. And that I want them to get to be kids. Mm -hmm. Like you can do that year round with your kids, not just when red and green are really popular, you know? And I think that those are the kinds of things that are in this devotional that I'm really thankful for that. I know that it's not written for moms and this podcast episode isn't for moms, but I know for me, I don't feel any Christmas pressure outside of like making it perfect Mm. for my kids. That's where my pressure comes from. And so just speaking from personal experience, I'm like, like if I believe the pressure is off in Christ in every other way, why would I say, oh, but it's still on at Christmas? (laughs) Like that's the opposite of what he did. 
in whether this is, whether you're listening and you're a mom or you're a college student or you're a young professional, there's going to be some part of this that you resonate with because of the pressure. And so here's the thing I would say that I found that replaces the pressure for me besides, I mean, truly what this book is about and my heartbeat is ultimately like the only thing that will ever change us is if we take out the narrative that it's all about us and all about what my expectations are and replace it with God's story. So that's the ultimate fundamental truth. But let me just tell you that in April, when there's not a whole lot of exciting things going on, sometimes the Simon's household, I I think you know that I have six boys, right? And they're all guys and my husband. And so I go out with my seven guys and sometimes we'll go on a drive or we'll go on a walk or we'll just get out in nature. And if we choose to not make that so mundane, but we actually speak of it as just as marvelous and awe-inspiring and beautiful as the Christmas season, then you start talking about Jesus and Emmanuel and why he came all year round. So I'm not saying you should be reading a Christmas devotional in April, and I'm not saying you should leave the tree up, but I am saying that we won't feel the innate pressure to fix it all and make everything feel at peace in the world and in our own lives at Christmas time, if we start tapping into the peace that's available to us in February, in yes. March, in yes. and yes. it's available to us and for us. So like the alternate title of your book could have been Christmas year round, but not Christmas year round. Like, <laughs> I think the reader would have been a little confused if I was like the not Christmas devotional, not, not Christmas, <laughs> but Christmas, because it Christmas is Christmas, not Christmas, it Christmas is. But not Christmas, but it, it, I love that, that it's like, yes, it's both. And I yes, feel like is the absolutely. tension that you're holding of like, yes, Christmas and Advent are beautiful, but you have access to that God and that wonderment. Yes. 365 days a year. And just getting all the way back to my example, I know it's not the same, but getting back to the example of the Lord's Supper, if the only time you ever think about what Christ has done for you is when you're holding the elements of the Lord's Supper, then you're really like forfeiting the riches of his grace, right? Because you're like, oh, now in this moment, I'm like the bread and the wine, the body of Christ and shed blood for me. No, that moment is supposed to be helping you remember something that when you walk out of church and you're in the middle of a board meeting and you're really struggling with the issues in your life, that you're like the blood of Christ and the broken body of Christ yeah. literally purchased my redemption so that this situation that I'm in right now isn't the end of the story. Yeah. Because of Christ, I have hope. And that Lord's Supper that I took, whether it's in the Lunchable form or you broke gnarly, wonderful bread together, whatever it is, however you do it at your church, is an opportunity to remember something in the most mundane and hard seasons of your life. And so I'm proposing that maybe in the Advent season, we can begin the kind of discussions and the conversations that not only transform the way we celebrate Christmas, but also cause us to latch on in the dead of winter when there's nothing else going on and we feel the Christmas letdown and we're going, wait, but I can keep on rejoicing in why Jesus came and didn't leave me. Yeah, well, so I'm having my own kind of realization that last year and this year, I was looking forward to Christmas and Advent, but it wasn't the like, the like exceptionally like hyped up excitement that I usually (laughs) feel. And I'm like, maybe it's because it's in its proper place. Like maybe it's not because I'm like, like I'm not a Scrooge about it. I love the Christmas season, but it's just like you said, knowing that 
like my family and the people that I love, like we have access to that year round. It doesn't have to be just smashed into these four weeks. I'm like, oh, maybe it's just maturity. <laughs> well, I may be biased, but that's how we approach it because, yeah. because there were years where I was like running through the house yelling at people because we missed a day on our advent devotional or we didn't have the candles lit right or my house wasn't picture perfect for right. all the things that I wanted to happen during this time or our Christmas photograph didn't look perfect whatever it was I remember years where I made an idol out mm. of the Christmas season and so right now it could look from an onlooker's point of view it could be like wow she's pretty low-key when it comes to celebrating but I'd say in some ways, it's just actually in its rightful yeah. place. I'm not putting my hope in whether or not my house is decorated perfectly or whether or not I bought the gifts early on. Yeah. I, still, I still would love to do all the things that I love to do, but if I don't, it doesn't ruin Christmas for me. Exactly. So I want to talk a, just a little bit about the actual devotional. Is it like a 25 day, like walk through Advent? Cause I know it you is. have some yeah. really cool things where like, the question to ponder and like the song mm -hmm. that's associated and stuff like that. So this is yeah. someone that's something that someone could start at the beginning of Advent and not, maybe not perfectly, yes, <laughs> but like yes. do it through the season. So I just anticipated, I, I always think about my reader and I go, you know what? I'm a pretty free form person. The average reader would like to have a little structure right. at least to like aim for. So it's a 25 day devotional. So it doesn't start on the the actual calendar advent, like it, the calendar, the calendar for advent starts a little earlier, but yeah. it starts December one and it's four weeks. So there's four main topics, our posture, God's promise, our response, and then our Messiah as in the names of Jesus. So we end knowing who he says he is. Mm -hmm. And there's readings for throughout the week and um, an introduction so that you always begin, whether you're in your community group or with a roommate or with your kids, or you're doing it as a personal study, there's just something to prepare your heart week by yeah. week to think about the topic. And so, you know, honestly, there's no like singing Santa when you open the book, like there's <laughs> nothing like, there's no ornaments that are popping out. So if you don't finish it by December 25th and you carry it into the new year, you probably won't feel super weird about it because it's written in a way for us to like actually meditate on why the story from the beginning to the end has always been God's pursuit of you and me mm -hmm. and what, and his desire that his presence be with us always. And so I think that's probably a timely message year round. Yeah. So I actually did a 25 day Advent devotional last Advent season, mm -hmm. but I purposefully skipped the day every oh, wow. week mm -hmm. yeah. so that it would carry me into the next year just because I was like, First of all, I don't have to do something seven days a week. Like it's okay. But also I want this to like continue. And so yeah. that's another option. If you want to just kind of move through it. Absolutely. Like fluidly, you know, because it's not a formula. I mean, exactly. I think the whole point of the book is to say like, we do not need to confine the message of redemption and the hope of the gospel to a certain amount of time at Christmas where yeah. we're like, it's now or never. Um, it really is. <laughs> for us to meditate on and think about all the time. And so I just pray and hope that the book itself is just a resource that helps that yeah. like gives a framework that even begins the conversation. And maybe it means that you read it aloud as a family and then you go have conversations about it or you yeah. skip a day and maybe like you read it and then you talk to somebody else about it. It doesn't have to look one certain way. 
first of all, you do this really well in general, just letting the pressure off. And I think ushering your readers and your listeners into the presence of God, like where they are, I feel like is when I come away from your content is like, I'm okay where I am and I'm in his presence and like, it's okay. I, when I think of you, I think of like the pressure is off. It's Mm, like, it's okay. And so, yeah, like we need this probably more than ever for this season. And so I'm really thankful for that. I'm excited to go through it imperfectly and messily Mm -hmm. and, but kind of come alongside you. So I'm so thankful for your time today and for this book and for everything that you do. Well, thanks so much, Blake. I really appreciate the encouragement. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.